Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, mysterious multinational special companies that assist with a variety of problems, part-timers who get ripped off by their bosses constantly, suave secret agents with severe motion sickness leading to acrophobia, intense vehicle descriptions, and physics-defying stunts. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 305, ASE to the Rescue. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Mong Review, some podcast of reviews about connecting enhancing narratives. This is your host Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, buongiorno, and what's up? Hope all of you there in podcast land are doing well. And for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Spark is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connecting enhanced narratives. Every episode, my co-host and I will talk about one to two different topics, depending on the podcast you're listening to. Movie review, obviously movies, book review, books, so on and so forth. This is the manga review, so obviously we talk about manga. We tell you the pros and cons about it, how the art style is, the characters are, the overall effect it has on you, and if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to do anything that I and my co-host say, but we try to be informative, educational, uh, enlightening, and most importantly, we try to be non-biased. Because, well, it doesn't work all the time, but we try to give you a nice, even-handed perception on different topics and different manga. To give you the best mangas you can choose from, because a lot of them just talk about the top five, that's it. We go all over the place because we use a special gimmick, and if you join us for the first time, we will tell you that gimmick, and that is that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitutes. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it, and what I do is at the end of every episode, I assign a manga top to each of the 10 slots, and then I spin that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga, and it dictates unto me that I be when I review the next episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review. So that's kind of cool, so I give you a cool review and a little bit of a show. Now, if you want to check us out, you can check us out at www.spyrokin.com, where all of our shows are posted. Uh, we're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Twitch, the PSN network. I'm constantly playing on the Nintendo Switch network, and we are on Tumblr. And if you want to ask me any comments or concerns or any questions at all, you can email me personally at zan, that's X-A-N, at spyrokin.com, or you can just direct message me at Twitter, at Spyrokin. Just look for Spyrokin and any of the social media stuff. I guarantee you'll find us one way or the other. I even think we have a MySpace account, if anyone remembers MySpace. But now that that's out of the way, hope you guys are doing good. Things are going good this 2019 for us so far. Um, life is going well. Trying to get the podcast back up and running to 100%, and I think that's going well. I mean, we're going to get there, and I'm excited because there are so many cool titles that are out now. And also, we're going to be relaunching the Spyrokin Anime Review, speaking about anime for 2019 winter 2019 and there are a lot of shows there's 40 shows and i got cherry pick the best and worst of them but we're going to cherry pick a couple of them and talk about them because there are so many to watch and not a lot of time but that's for another episode because you're not here to listen to me talk about anime you're here to listen to me talk about manga and this episode is a pretty cool one because we got a cool one when we spun that one that only the wheel of manga it dictated unto us that we're going to be reviewing a manga that was written by Ryoji Minagawa. He's the guy that made Arms, Kyo, Peacemaker, Adamas. He worked on Kitty Grade for some insane reason. And he did the art for Spriggan. So he's got a very unique and old school style, which is pretty fun. Uh, the manga we're talking about was published by Shogo Kuken. And it was released in Weekly Shonen Sunday. The more... I want to say it's a little more mature version of Weekly Shonen Jump. If you, if you go from, you graduate from one to the other, and then you move to the other, the bigger leisure is the Senate magazine. But Shonen Sunday is the more mature, so you can tell it's a little bit more mature, but it's still Shonen. So this is more like teenagers, not little kids. 
Uh, so obviously the demographic is shonen. It originally came out 2002 to 2006. There's 15 volumes. It's an action adventure mech uh, otaku manga, meaning that if you like vehicles, if you like looking at cars and planes and boats and everything, you will love this manga. This They go super detailed into all the different type of vehicles possible, and we're talking every type of vehicle possible. And the manga we are talking about today is D-Live. Now, before I get into the actual premise of the manga, I'd say this is an interesting release because there's four volumes of this that were released in Italy, in Italian, before it got canceled. But it's also released in China, South Korea, and Taiwan. It's kind of a similar situation to a manga we reviewed several years ago called Red Eye, which was released in Spain and Italy. It's very popular, but was never released in the United States for some reason or another. So... This is uh, one of those ones that you kind of, there's reasons behind why they didn't release it, but you wonder about it. So, you're probably wondering, what is D-Live about? D-Live. So, D-Live! Well, it is about this guy named Sototo Ikaruga. He's just this normal, everyday high school student who is a bit of a foodie. So, your typical shonen main character who just loves eating stuff. However, unbeknownst to all of his classmates and his teachers, he has a part-time job. He works for the secret organization known as the Almighty Support Enterprise, ASC, and he is a secret operative for them. So they will show up, take him out of class, and take him somewhere around the world for him to do his job, where he is a vehicle driving specialist, which means that he is someone who is known for being able to drive any vehicle possible. You give him a vehicle, he can figure it out and drive it like an ace within three minutes, two minutes. He studies planes, he knows how they, how they work, he knows how boats work, jet skis, you name it. Uh, construction equipment, uh, forklifts, bikes, trains, fire trucks, helicopters. I'm pretty sure he could fly the NASA spaceship at this point. So he has this super cool ability where... When he is behind the wheel or the control stick of any vehicle, he turns into I am awesome man who could do anything. When he's not doing that, he's bumbling, he's lazy, and he likes to sleep. And he's, like I said, deployed worldwide while being supported by various other agents of ASE. And they accomplish these cases that are signed to them by their clients. And they range from different things. One time he dealt with bank robbers. Another time, he dealt with the theft of an airplane. Another time, it was just as simple as there was a cave-in and they needed someone to clear out the, the tunnels to save a bunch of people. He is hired for that and he does it. And every time he does this, his boss, who is named Hajime Mozo, the chief of Ace Japan branch, this very, well, you could say he's kind of miserly guy, every time at the end of the chapter of the story, because it's usually two chapters for a story, he says the same thing. He's like, oh, how much are we going to pay him today? Well, this is a $2 million job, but he screwed it up, so we'll give him 100,000 yen. Have fun. So every single time, the joke is, this guy finds something stupid to nitpick him about, and then he punishes him by paying him the least amount, or just paying for him to eat at a restaurant for a couple of hours, and... Satoru, who's kind of an idiot, doesn't care. He's like, oh, I got 100,000 100, yen. I can do something with that. You know, you're getting paid uh, about 1,000 bucks. You can do a lot with that, right? Maybe, kind of. Uh, who knows? He spends most of it on food anyway, so that's the joke of the show. 
So, besides Satoru, you have him. He has, of course, a cast of characters that help him out. Now, the big one is his kind of sidekick who shows up a lot, who's another high school student, Hatsune Shimizu. And she is from the mechanic specialists of Ace, Japan branch. Her job is to make cool, weird vehicles for him to work on. She's the one who fixes his vehicles or comes up with these weird things that will help him out. She's essentially his cue. And she is constantly just annoyed by his laziness and stupidity. Then you have Rika, who is the specialist for geology. She's almost like the many penny for Mozo. She shows up and she's the one who talks to him. And then she defines if he's going to get in trouble or not. But she is his contact person most of the time to discover things. The first time you see her is because of a... That, like I said, there was a cave-in that was caused by potential nefarious deeds, but she's there to help him out. Now, the other main character who shows up often is Clever Al. He's from ASE's U.S. branch, and he is an infiltrator and a spy specialist. So he's a guy you send in for corporate espionage or to find something that's missing or to steal stuff. He is thinks he's James Bond, but he's not as cool. And also, he is traumatized by Sotaru. He, because of Satoru's weird, you know, like I said, he turns into crazy driver whenever he gets behind the wheel. Clever Al has PTSD for this. So he gets very scared and he has almost motion sickness, acrophobia, gets really nervous whenever Satoru's around. Like, you jinxing me, you bastard! Why are you here? And it's always very similar every chapter. There is no super overarching plot from what I've seen for the first couple of volumes. It is... They have their problem. Satoru either gets picked up from school or he's in a restaurant and they pick him up. He's hungry. They get to the spot. You find out that whatever the incident is, there's more to it than what's going on. Satoru does something really awesome and saves the day. And then he gets ripped off by his boss, Mozu. It's wash, rinse, repeat. And it gets a little annoying. The secondary characters are more characters than... Satoru is, because Satoru, they talk about him, but you see all the other little intricity, yeah, all different aspects of characters. For example, the first story, Satoru is dealing with these bank robbers who are using the sewer system to get around. They're running behind a car, disappearing, and using jet skis in the sewers. And it turns out the whole motivation was that one of the jet skiers uh, opened up a jet ski shop, and the other guy was like, man, you were amazing when you made jet skis. It was so pure and awesome. I hate doing this, but we have to do it to save our... Our building, and then it just becomes the one guy screws the other guy over, like most mob movies. And then Satoru has to out jet ski the guy who is a jet ski instructor who potentially could have won medals at the Olympics because apparently there is Olympics for jet skiing. Or the next one, it's there is a the cave in. It's in a mountain where it turns out the mountain was being developed, and a bunch of townspeople were doing some, they wanted to stop the development because the mountain is sacred. So they told one of the guys on the construction site, look, you were born here, you have family here. Here's what you do. You put this bomb there, no one will get hurt. And what happens is that people end up getting hurt and Satoru has to save the day. But the problem is that the size of the tunnel is, is seven feet and four inches. And the only thing they have is a caterpillar bulldozer which can fit just barely, like we're talking 10 centimeters 
with, so it would get stuck. And I was like, oh, there's no way that kid could drive it. And he's able to get in, get out, get in, get out. And then later on, he's able to get a fire truck into this uh, hole because it gets more crazy because apparently in the mine, they had a generator and the generator got flooded and now there is a, a huge pool full of electrified water between the guys who are stuck in the mine and the and Sotaro and he has to save the day with a fire truck. Yeah. So, first off, Besides the insane plot, how is the art style? Well, I've got to say this, he's a very good artist. Uh, Ryoji Minagawa, he started as an artist with Spriggan, and all of his art is always dynamic and intriguing, and very has a lot of attention to detail, and that is an engaging part of this manga. You can look at all the vehicles, see all the nuts, all the boils. It's almost Miyazaki-level uh, attention to detail. And it looks... The vehicles look phenomenal. The characters, you can all tell them apart. None of them have the exact same features. They're all slightly different, and I do enjoy that. Now, the plot. As I said, wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Uh, eventually, they get another member into the team who's an uh, explosions expert, but it's wash, rinse, repeat. It's a shonen series. I get that. You want, you don't want to, it's like most superhero comics. You want the same thing over and over and over again. I generally prefer my manga with a lot more plot. And with 15 volumes and the fact that there's been so many accolades with this, because this was selected among one of the most recommended mangas to read at the 9th Japan Media Arts Festival in 2005. There's got to be something amazing about it. And it is intriguing and engaging. However, from what I read from the first two, it's not super great. It's okay. It really is okay. It's just, yeah, it's just wash, rinse, repeat. There's nothing really drawing you in if you are not someone who's engaged in, you know, mechanics or you want to see more going on. There's no over, it's just, it doesn't give you an incentive to read more about it. It's, and there are a lot of episodic series that I do enjoy. I'm a huge fan of, Blackjack and Lupin the Third, and those are all episodic heists or stories, or Conan where it's a detective story. But there is motion movement going forward. This one, I don't see the movement. I don't see the motion. I see a little bit. Maybe I'm missing something. But it is a good series. It's not... It's something different, and that's something I do enjoy about it. It's not the typical, oh, this guy's going to fight this guy. No, it's a whole organization in this... This main character, Satoru, is just one small cog in the system. And that I do really enjoy about it. It's that it's one, he's one part of this huge system and everything going on about it. And you see this huge worldwide organization and what they do. And they do do a lot of good. Now, is there an overarching villain? Not that I've seen so far. There might be later on, but so far, don't see it. Now, would I read this again? Um... Honestly, I would not read it again, but I do recommend you check it out. It's a cool story to read for a little bit, but there's no re-readability. That's the big issue. There's nothing. It doesn't have a, a re-readability. And for that reason, I'm going to have to give D-Live our middle-of-the-ground rating, which is a gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel. It's okay, but in the end, it's really forgettable. I probably won't remember this manga after, well, after the next manga I read.
I mean, if you disagree with me, email me, zansbarker.com. Maybe uh, my listeners in Italy, China, let me know. What am I missing? What's What am I not computing about DLive that's so awesome about it? Let me know. Or post it. Comment in the show notes or Twitter me at Spark and tweet me. Let me know what I'm missing in this. Anyway, uh, so remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spark.com. You can email me personally, zansbarker.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all those other lovely sites. And so, guess that's it for this episode. So let's get to that part you've all been waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Except no substitute. Now, what? As I said before, the wheel of manga is a wheel of fortune with ten slots on. We've got, and we have a manga on each of the slots. Now I'm going to spin it, and we're going to see here review the next episode. We have some interesting titles this month. Well, I'm not going to lie. There's some really cool ones, some really weird ones, and we even have a couple which are currently being made into animes. So let's spin and see what we're going to review. Pretty good spin. Number three. So, on the next episode, I'm going to be reviewing a manga called Working. What is Working about? I'm guessing it's about working. <laughs> no, we'll see what it is in the next episode. I'm intrigued. It's something different. And uh, I guess we're going to find out. So, anyway, uh, we have some new updates going on the, the Spirekin YouTube channel. YouTube.com forward slash if you want to check them out. Definitely, we have some Let's Plays, and we have a couple new shows coming out that we're going to be talking about a couple of really fun things. So stay tuned to that. Check out the Twitter account, and I guess that I'm your host, Zan, and I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time.